We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Home and home. I want to get into the discussion right now. We're going to do it with Jimmy Traina, who does an unbelievable job for Sports Illustrated covering a bunch of different things, but including sports media. And Jimmy, it's Ross Tucker, Jason Martinez today, filling in for Dave Briggs. Really appreciate the time, as always. We're talking about the sports, Jimmy, that are best comparatively on TV compared to in person and worst on TV comparatively to in person. What jumps out to you there we'll start with the best a football by far um on television is is football I, you know that is a sport where you need replay um i you know I, I don't going to a football game i think you just miss so much stuff i don't think there's any issue uh that football is the best sport for television in terms of in person i'm not a huge hockey guy but everyone says hockey in person can't beat it I am a big baseball guy. I love baseball uh, in person. I think baseball is fine on TV or in person, but, you know, it's something about summer sitting in the baseball stands. Um, you know, it used to be a little better when the cost of everything wasn't through the roof and there was, you know, you didn't have to mortgage your house to get a bottle of water at a baseball game. But um, I think baseball and hockey for in person and then on television, it's, it's football. You know, it's interesting, Jimmy, because I, I wrote this down, right? So mm-hmm. for TV, I wrote one football, two baseball, three basketball, four hockey. But I got to tell you, it might be baseball for me as number one on TV. Now, I'm, I am separating the summer, sitting there, having a dog, you know, having a beer. I'm separating that and just watching the sport itself. Like baseball on TV, you you see from the pitcher throwing the pitch, the batter, even if you have good seats, I feel like, for baseball at the game, like I can barely even see the ball when they throw it. And then they hit it and you're like, and it seems like I'm usually talking. And then they, you're like, oh, okay. Then they, oh, first base. Great. You got a single. I, I feel like baseball on TV is a lot better than baseball in person, just like the sport itself, if that makes sense. Just just viewing mm. what's going on out there. Yeah, I mean, I, I do agree with you that if, if you're someone who wants to see the pitches and, and where exactly they are, location, TV is a better experience, obviously. But I think everything else, um, 
when you watch a baseball game in person and you see uh, a shortstop make a play in the hole, you see an outfielder, you see how far they have to run to make a catch, um, home runs, everything, uh, um, you know, doubles and triples with players flying around the bases. Uh, I think baseball in person still has a lot to offer. I agree, though, if you're a big pitching person, then, yes, the TV experience is better there. Yeah, see, my problem with baseball is is that it's every the, the ball is actually only in play now, an average of every four and a half minutes of real time. So a lot of times I feel like when you go to a game, it's like watching grass grow because that's what you're doing most of the time. But I digress. Um, Jimmy, when you look at the you know the presentation of the sports and you know and you talk about that that chasm between the difference in live and at home, and you mentioned the NFL and it is perfect the rhythm of it. But are there things that the NFL can still do better to make it even more enjoyable? The, the downtime in the end, like I can just complained about the fact that the ball's in play every four and a half minutes in baseball. The actual amount of action in football isn't a tremendous amount of real time because it's short spurts of plays. But what can football do on television to make it an even more appealing television sport, if that's even possible? I don't know. There's really much they can do. I, You know, one of the big... Uh complaints a lot of people have is, you know, the commercials and especially after a touchdown, you, you know, they go touchdown, uh, commercial, kickoff, commercial, then back to play. That's a little much. Um, I think the individual networks, CBS, ABC, Fox, they do it pretty much as good a job as you can do covering the game. I think ESPN is a mess on Monday night, not because of the announcers. I think it's the overall broadcast. They, they just, want to show you everything but the game. I think if you just show the game and, and keep it simple, there's not much you can do to improve football on uh, television, uh, you know, maybe more. You know, every, every game should have pylon cams in the end zone, something like that. Uh, maybe, you know, extra loud mics on the goalposts for when field goals and extra points at the goalposts. But there's not really much the NFL can do to enhance the TV product, I think. The one thing that Amazon did, though, it was more of a with Andrea Kramer and Hannah Storm. It was more of a commentary broadcast than calling the game. How right. did that go over? Um, I'm not sure many people watch the Amazon. I mean, I'm sure they have numbers, but I don't know anyone who watched the game on Amazon. I didn't. Um, I don't know why you would choose Amazon over Fox. So I can't really answer that question, to be honest with you, in terms of, you know, that's not an NFL thing. That's a network thing or, or a broadcast decision to go commentary over play by play. I'll be honest with you. I don't think that's a change NFL fans want. I think NFL fans want the very traditional play by play person analyst. And that's it. I don't I don't think commentary works on an NFL game at all. I agree. So, Jimmy, I want to ask you about the XFL. And before mm -hmm. I have a specific question, just broad thoughts. How much have you watched? Have you enjoyed it? What do you think? I haven't watched, so can't comment. Um, I love football to death, the NFL and college. Love it. Every Saturday, every Sunday, I am locked in my house for way too many hours watching. Having said that, I love when the season's over and I get my weekends back. And the last thing I'm going to do on a Saturday or Sunday in you know February is is watch another football league. So I haven't watched. Um, you know, I, I think they've done a good job from everything I've seen. You know, 
the the three letters XFL sort of had a stigma attached to it before the league started because of the first incarnation with Vince McMahon. Obviously, this is not that. This is a legitimate football league. Um, so that's a, I think that's been a huge plus for them. Um, but I I haven't checked it out. Uh, the NFL and college are plenty for me. I don't need more football leagues in my life. Do you need NFL combine coverage in prime time, Jimmy? So I guess the question there is yeah, the first year the NFL went prime time. So I guess the question is, did you did you ever watch it before? And now that it's prime time, are you watching that or are you watching NBA or college hoops? No, I mean, listen, I think what's good for the combine is you can check out specific players if you want. Listen, I can't sit there for multiple hours watching the combine. Um, I, I, but listen, the NFL network, ESPN, whoever it is, they're going to air the combine no matter what, because if you air anything related to the NFL, you're going to get viewers. So if you're going to air it, you might as well air it in prime time. It makes no sense not to. That's where more people watch bigger numbers. So if you're going to air the combine, it makes full sense to do it in prime time. So I think that's a smart play by the networks there. Yeah, Jimmy, I mean, people go bananas over watching the NFL draft, but let me ask you about... People, people uh, watch the NFL schedule release, so of course they're going to watch the yeah. combine. Yeah, and Selection <laughs> Sunday. I mean, yeah. if if it's if they're compelled by the sport, they're going to watch it, which is probably why the XFL exactly. is losing viewers, because they're not compelled by the actual product. But anyway... Um, the XFL... I, I I just want one quick thing, but the XFL too, they're going to have big problems in a couple of weeks because that's when March Madness ramps up. And um, exactly. it's I think it's going to be a big problem for them. Um, Jimmy, the one thing I want to ask you about is the Tiger effect in golf because, boy, it is insane. And last year, Tiger won the Masters. He won he won a major again. And they're coming up to this Masters, and we were talking. We got to talk about his menu still, Ross. But anyway, uh, the effect on a single player in a sport, especially in sports leagues like the NBA, where you have the LeBron effect or you have stars that are be enormous superstars. But in golf in particular, the Tiger effect, will that ever be matched in television, sports on television to that level of disparity of when he's in contention to when he's not in contention? I would say probably not. I mean, anything's possible, but, um, you know, he's a guy who, you know, he's in that age range and his career has been long enough where he's appealing to all ages. Uh, so, you know, you were with, you know, if you're, if you're, let's say, uh, in your late mid thirties, early forties, you were with him for the prime, you're older than that. You were with him for the prime, um, and for, you know, maybe people mid-20s, you know of the legend of Tiger Woods. So the cross appeal is enormous. Like you said, you mentioned, you know, LeBron, Tom Brady, Tiger Woods. These are people that the fringe fan brings in. You know, this was an issue with the Super Bowl. You know, we didn't have the Patriots in the Super Bowl for the first time in God knows how long this year. And say what you want about the Patriots. There are people who don't watch it one second of the NFL all season long. They'll tune into the Super Bowl if Tom Brady is playing in it. LeBron, same thing. And Tiger, obviously, is on another level from that. So it's hard for me to ever see this happening again. 
We're talking with Jimmy Traina, does an awesome job covering sports media, among other things, for Sports Illustrated. Check him out on Twitter, at Jimmy Traina, host of the SI Media Podcast as well. Uh, Jimmy, I know you wrote about the FCC complaints for the Super Bowl halftime show while we're talking Super Bowl. Uh, Can you explain how many that came in and how big of a deal that is, if any? Well, it's not a big deal at all. It was it was 1,300 complaints that came in. And um, I sort of, I, I, I didn't do a great job with that column because I, after the fact, I went to look to see how many complaints the Janet Jackson, uh, Justin Timberlake boob incident got. And that was like, 500,000 complaints or something like that. So 1,300 is nothing in the grand scheme of things. I, what I got a kick out of was the actual complaints. People seem to be really just, the world was rocked that J-Lo had a stripper pole on stage. They just couldn't handle it. Um, so in the grand scheme of things, you know, 100 million people watch the Super Bowl, 1,300 complaints, not a lot by any stretch of the imagination. But the fact that someone would take the time to send a complaint to the FCC because J-Lo and Shakira were gyrating while half naked is amusing to me, at least. Maybe no one else. Jimmy, the funny the funny thing, too, is after the nip slip with Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake, there was a huge crackdown by the FCC. And right. doing live radio, I remember it, and, and it mm-hmm. changed a lot of things. It changed yep. when I was doing rock radio, the songs that we played – because of the lyrics that were in songs. It changed a ton. The FCC overreacted. Is there going to be any reaction? And so next year at the Super Bowl, are we expecting to see like the Brady Bunch reunion or the Partridge family as a, a good old wholesome family entertainment? Because, because God forbid there was a stripper pole on the stage that served a great purpose in my estimation. I mean, listen, I'm totally down for a Brady Bunch reunion at halftime of the Super Bowl. So Sign me up for that, but I, I do not think you'll uh, I don't think you'll see any uh, reaction here from the NFL. Again, thirteen hundred complaints, not a big number, um, and really, when you get down to it, I, I think America survived J Lo and Shakira um, dancing suggestively. We've moved on, and I don't think there'll be any repercussions. Yeah, you know, I gotta tell you, Jimmy. Um, so I have two daughters that for the Super Bowl, they were six and seven, and I am not a prude at all. I thought it was a little bit much. Now, I absolutely wouldn't take the time to go ahead and, and file a complaint. I don't have that kind right. of time in my life or care. Right. I thought that there were a few, and I actually thought it was more the camera work than Shakira or J-Lo. Like, just, I didn't need that many crotch shots. You know what I mean? Right. And right. Right. I was watching it at home, my wife went to a family party with my daughters and she just watched them watching it and was thinking, what are they thinking right now? And maybe it's our fault. Maybe you shouldn't let a six and a seven year old watch the Super Bowl halftime show. Well, maybe that's the I, argument. I don't know. Um, listen, I but I thought it was sa- interesting. Think, like, go ahead. No, no. I mean, listen, I think that's a sad commentary there. I mean, I think six and seven year olds should be able to watch the Super Bowl. Um, Six and seven. I mean, I, your daughter's there a little. I have nieces who are 10 and, and 14. And um, I can tell you from what I see them watch on YouTube and Netflix that 
the Super Bowl was basically nothing compared to that. Um, I'm not saying that makes it right. And I'm not saying you're. I'm not saying uh, it shouldn't have been maybe toned down a little bit. Um, but listen, if they don't see it at the halftime of the Super Bowl, they're going to see it sometime soon somewhere else. It, it you know, it, it, <laughs> it, it. At the end of the day, it's a it's a music performance, and that's what music performances seem to be these days. My son enjoyed it. <laughs> Thirteen. How old? Yeah. <laughs> about right. Now, it's about right. Like Pete Jensen's kid, he didn't hump a hump a hole in my sectional <laughs> when he sent out that tweet. Pete, yeah, which Peter was maybe Rosenberg. I saw that. I saw yeah. that. It was the greatest tweet ever. Yeah. Thanking the NFL um, for that, but. All right, so Jimmy, I, I also know you wrote recently about High Noon getting canceled, and I I wanted mm-hmm. to get your you to explain that a little bit for people that don't know. It's a it's a television show or was on ESPN with Pablo Torre and Bamani Jones on ESPN that came out this week. It got canceled, and you wrote about it. What were your thoughts, Jimmy, for people who didn't have a chance to check out your column yet? Yeah, it's it, they're they're going through March. Um, basically, High Noon with, with Bomani and Pablo is a very different sports talk show than the rest of the ESPN lineup and the other stuff you see on, on FS1 that nobody watches. Um, they're, they're not out there doing the nuts and bolts, bread and butter, hot takes that we all do to sort of get through the day and generate the clicks and get the content. Uh, they, they, they're very, very, very intelligent individuals. Pablo uh, worked at SI. I worked with him. Uh, they're both brilliant. And, you know, sports fans want, it's basically like going to a concert. When you go to a concert and you want to, and you see an established artist, you want them to play the hits. Sports fans want their hot take shows to play the hits. Who's better, LeBron or Jordan? Where's Tom Brady going to end up? And they didn't do that. And I think that's what ended up basically. Now, listen, their numbers in terms of ratings were low compared to the other ESPN shows, but they were not low to the point where ESPN had to cancel them. I mean, their show got their ratings for that show were probably double or triple, whatever the highest rated show is on FS1. Um, as I, I, I don't know if I wrote this because I probably wouldn't have written this on SI.com, but I think I said on Twitter that anyone associated with any FS1 daytime sports talk show would basically murder a family member to get the ratings that High Noon had. So in the context of the daytime sports cable hot take shows, their ratings were not terrible, but it just it was a bad fit with everything else that ESPN does. So, Jimmy, let's say you were my agent. OK, mm-hmm. would you tell me and I'm, by the way, very happy with my career like I love it. But if I really wanted to get to the point where I'm getting paid millions of dollars per year, would you recommend I just totally lie and say shit I don't really believe just so I know yes. it aggravates people and it gets people's attention and just make up shit and say shit that's totally nonsensical and illogical that I don't believe and have to look at my daughters and say, no, I don't believe that, but that's how you get ratings these days and that's how you make a lot of money in the industry. Would you suggest that I was completely inauthentic and fake? 
Well, yeah, I mean, listen, the answer to that question is if you can stomach it and live with yourself and not have any issues and be all about the paycheck, then, yeah, go for it and do that. And um, that's how you'll make your living. If, you know, you're someone that can't do that, then you should not do that because it's you're not going to be able to last doing that. You're it's just a, not. It's unbelievably sad, though, isn't it? Like, isn't it like very? But that, yes. Very sad. How many guys? Well, I'll let you go, Jimmy. But how many guys on TV yeah. would you say literally say things that they don't believe? They're just saying it because they know it'll get a rise out of the audience. I would say everybody on FS1 and half the people on ESPN. <laughs> and yet FS1 has no ratings at all. The Teletubbies get better ratings than that that idiot Skip Bayless gets. It, I like mean, the there is guy, some. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's their number one rated show. Um, you know, listen, I think what a lot of sports fans don't understand with a lot of these shows is there's, you know, production meetings before the before the show begins. And the producers say, okay, here's a topic. You can you take this side, you take this side. Like you said, whether you believe it or not. And then you're just arguing a side to argue a side. And, you know, the home viewer sees two people fighting on TV and they find it entertaining. And sadly, there are a lot of people who do find that entertaining. Um, I don't know. I don't get it myself at all. So, And I, it's it so easy to spot. It's so easy. You know, there's there, the one thing with That's Twitter funny. is there are... There are some good accounts out there now that sort of like in New York here with Mike Francesa, it was famously done where um, his sort of um, mistruths, let's say, were chronicled where, you know, one day he would say this guy isn't will never be a top 10 pick. And then a week later, he's saying, I told you this guy would be a top three pick. So uh, it's good that yeah, Twitter's around. To sort of, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's good that Twitter's around to sort of point out the bullshit. We could actually use way more of it. There should be someone doing that for every show. On television. Fact checking. It's social fact it checking. The, it, it, it is the dumbing down of America. It's truly sad, but mm -hmm. it's where we are, unfortunately, which is why the shows that are entertaining that aren't like that. And I know you and I, Jimmy, both appreciate Good Morning Football. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. Kyle Brandt was my college roommate. I don't know if you know that, Jimmy, but he's my college roommate yep. and teammate. Yep. Um, so, and I know you like that show. It's kind of nice to see shows where you can just come up with different content and be entertaining and you don't have to be fake or inauthentic. Right. And it's weird because everybody says what they want is authenticity, but that's not reflected in what they watch or listen to. Right. I listen, I think the word you say, it's a very it's very the whole this whole conversation comes down to one very simple word which you said authenticity. That's what it's all about. Um but yes, uh, listen, just look at the country we're in right now. Look what's going on. It would be nice if everyone wanted authenticity, but sadly, that's just not the case on Country's in great. every aspect. <laughs> Jimmy, you're the Country's man. Great. Sorry, I took you a little. Sorry, I took you a little <laughs> over, but it just got in my head. No, 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 I, it's fine. To... no, no, no. I enjoy the conversation. It's good. It's good stuff. And, um, you know, I like getting the uh, good morning football plug there and remembering that you and Kyle are teammates. Because that guy, that's a very authentic guy right now in sports media. Yeah. Well, make sure you check him out on Twitter at Jimmy Traina and check out his column over at Sports Illustrated. He is excellent. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
Hey everybody, it's Ross Tucker. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time exclusively on the Radio.com app or on the web at Radio.com slash home. Home and Home. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 